Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. It's the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name's Sammy James. Welcome to the show, the difficult second podcast of the year. Loads to discuss today. A busy seven days in the world of Fulham FC. Another signing across the line in Andreas Pereira and more transfer rumours reaching towards a conclusion. Also today we're going to be discussing Fulham's pretty shambolic ticket price announcement for the opening game against Liverpool. There's a load of correspondence and this will catch on at the end of the podcast. There's some fun ones today. Uh, and I'm joined by the regular Thursday club of Jack Collins. Hello listeners. Hello Sammy. Hello Peter. And Peter Rutzler. Hello. How are we doing? All right, Melton. I've had to shut the window to do this podcast and already I am feeling the effect. I'm sweating in parts of my body, like my knees, my arms. It's, it's going to be an uncomfortable hour, I think. Yeah, I went down to Legoland last night to watch the um, uh, game Brentford. Um, oh, to... oh, oh, very good. Very good. I was like, well, that's quite a random activity on a Tuesday night. And yeah, then, I went to okay, watch that Germany-Spain game in, in the Euros and the game was excellent. Um, it was really good, but it was just so, so sticky, like muggy um, around the place. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I do feel you. I feel your pain about the backs of your knees, etc., etc. I haven't been to the real Legoland for a long time. Is it still no, going? Still going I think it is. Maybe we should maybe we should do a group trip. The same weekend as Brentford away and be like Legoland twice in a weekend. <laughs> it's on the same train line as well, isn't it? It's out to Windsor. You probably could feasibly do both in the uh, same day. I haven't been to Legoland in a long time, but I remember when I went, um, you know, I remember being very obsessed with the cars that you could drive around. You could get your driving yeah. license. I think it's I got my driving, driving license I've ever got, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I got eight driving licenses when I went to uh, when I went to Legoland all those years ago. Great place. Maybe yeah, go again one day. Right, let's get on to latest transfer news. And Peter, another signing across the line. Andreas Pereira has confirmed his news to Fulham. He's been pictured in the pink training kit because we don't have a kit for any of the players to wear in their transfer announcements. So they've been uh, rinsing the training kit uh, for for all the new players and. Look, we discussed on this show last week that it was one that I think there's mixed feelings on, but now he's here. Another transfer across the line. I'm excited to see what he can do. At least he's over the line. That's the main thing. Um, another one on the books for the trip to Portugal with the players going off and with this go out. So not long afterwards, I think is the best way to describe it. So um, yeah, another good play through the door. You're right. I think as we discussed before, there's there, there's a lot more uncertainties, I think, or questions which can go either like one of two ways, you know, he could either be a player with a point to prove he does really well in a really good environment uh, or it doesn't work out. But, um, you know, it clearly, you know, Marco Silva sees something in him. He's a player that I personally think will benefit from stepping outside of being a Manchester United player, stepping out of that shadow, which is always a strange thing. You know, you can go on loan to places, but 
it's not the same thing as fully committing somewhere. You know, it's not the same thing as put, setting down your roots, knowing that this is your home. There is no alternative. There's no, if you do well, you could, you know, return to the team of the, the side you've, you've you've been away on loan from. Um, sorry, that is the heat mucking up my words there. That is very clumsily phrased. Um, or, or, or for instance, uh, not doing so well, and, and the same thing applies. You know, and, and you go back home. This time, he's he's he stepped out. He's taken the plunge. Um, he, he will have to give everything to Fulham, and you know, there, there's clearly talent there. Um, I think you know, observers at Flamengo could see that. There's a reason they wanted to keep him, even though he made quite a big mistake, I think, in the Copa Libertadores final. Um, but even then, he still was able to, to win a lot of them back. You see that from some of his goals, a few of them in pre-season. But, you know, there's, a, there's clearly a good player in there. And there's a reason that, you know, United managers over this, you know, turbulent past decade have all kept him in the squad uh, or as part of the squad, sure, homegrown. But they've offered him new deals. and. Um, there's, there, there clearly is something there uh, and it's now for Fulham to get something out of him and, and where he'll fit in will, will be very interesting too. Um, I liked in your article, Peter, that uh, you referred to his nickname, which is the pre-season Perlo. Um, uh, I think we've uh, probably all seen uh, the pictures of that unbelievable goal he scored uh, against Brentford, which I think was the beginning of last season's pre-season. It's an unbelievable um, dipping volley. And if you look at kind of his highlight reel, Jack, there is obviously um, the sublime, but there is also, and this wasn't in pre-season, and I wasn't aware of how big a mistake he made in mm. the Copa Libertadores final, um, which cost Flamengo the final in the 94th minute. It was in extra time. Um, I, I was not aware of what a clangor he drops in, in that game, but that must have been a particularly scarring moment. He must have done well as well to kind of brush off that and still be kind of revered from the Flamengo fans. I'd have thought a mistake like that would kind of consign you to, well, forever being a scapegoat. Well, I think there was a lot of responses. There was, you know, a couple of calls from from people who'd watched him in Brazilian football. I think Sam Ty put one out last week saying, if, you know, if you watched Andres Pereira at Flamengo, you know, what what did you make of him? And it was mentioned in almost every single response. Um, so, so I don't think it's been forgotten or brushed under the carpet by any stretch of the imagination. Um, what I do think is that his performances across the course of the campaign um, were generally good and he was generally hardworking and he genuinely took to the place. And that, you know, in some ways, you know, a player never wants to make a mistake. That's, that's you know, it's an easy one to make. People can, you know, slip, people can fall over. These things happen. Um, but, ultimately he, he he did drop a clangor and and what we've got to is a point there where we're looking at it and going okay fans are going right you know that, that's not going to be forgotten um but you can forgive it if you think someone's heart is in the right place and it did seem to be that way um with that relationship between Pereira and, and the Flamengo fans so um you look at this and, and think yes it's a new home and I, and I kind of double down on what what Peter says here um in that it's somewhere that he can now call home and and settle and and, and I think he's got a point to prove and and yes, there are, you know, I, I think the tone around this one has been generally more negative than perhaps around some of the other acquisitions we've been linked with. Um, definitely around Palinia, um, definitely ar around Solomon. This one seems to be one that's divided the fan base a little bit more, I would say, than the others. Um, but there are elements to be to be excited about. And I think that there's lots to get behind in terms of Andreas Pereira. He, he is going to give you that work rate. He is going to give you that fight and that fire. Um, and, and, you know, whether it works or not, um, I think this is someone that, 
that if we get behind, we'll, we'll rally to the cause. And I think that's something that, you know, Fulham could do with. We've had enough players not rallied to it, you know, that we've seen over, over previous years who maybe didn't have that fire in their belly, that point to prove. Um, so I think that there's there's something to be, you know, liked in that deal. And, you know, you know we, we often have words about, you know, when, when we sign a player and we're like, this is a player we've watched for years. And then you're like, is it? But this time it really is isn't it you know when we when we interviewed Tony Khan back what three years ago um it four years ago maybe was it was it four years it, yeah four. It, it, this was a player that he talked about then um as a player that Fulham had been interested in so not only is it someone that clearly Marco Silva has wanted and, and got through the door but it's also someone that's obviously been pinging up on Fulham's kind of recruitment system for a little while. Um, and that does interest me because there is something obviously there. He's wanted him through the forbidden door. Mm. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, we got an email uh, all about Andreas Pereira, the title of which was, let's get excited about Andreas Pereira. And this is from Camille Farris. Normally save emails for the end of the show, but feel, this one feels pertinent to bring up now. Uh, he says, hey guys, big fan of the pod and your online articles. Hope you're all safe and well. Listen to last week's pod and was surprised to hear that the mood around Fulham is uncertainty slash doubt around the now confirmed acquisition of Andreas Pereira. I have to say, I'm really excited about this move and I wanted to tell you why. He goes on to say that he's been following Pereira pretty closely since his time at United under Van Hull. His dad's a pretty big Man U supporter and as a result, he watches a lot of their games with him. He then goes on to say, I have to say that him being frozen out at United had little to do with his visibility and more to do with managers like Jose Mourinho's preferences and later the form and or price tag of players playing in front of him. I think he's a little bit tarnished in the eyes of the media as someone who's a flop because he didn't make the cut at United. Although arguably they really needed a player with his talents last season. Eight million plus add-ons is a steal for someone who, in my opinion, is a nailed on starter at the majority of clubs outside the top 10. He brings Premier League experience and his low moves mean that he'll be likely to be adaptive to new styles, particularly the one Silver uses at Fulham as he's expressed his desire to play in a technical ball retention system. He plays with a chip on his shoulder, something Fulham have lacked for a long time, in my opinion, and he has a willingness to get into the heads of opponents. Uh, he then says that he feels like Mitrovic is the only real player in the current squad that has that side of him, but as a result, the fans love him. Pereira brings that fire and loves to get involved in hard challenges and 50-50s, particularly for an attacking player. He isn't afraid to go back and forth with opponents and seems to have a lot of fight in him. I, for one, really enjoy players who bring that attitude and I hope it can permeate through the rest of the squad. It will be vital in a relegation scrap. Finally, he says his abilities aren't only functional, they're fun. Fulham fans love a player who get them on their feet and Pereira has lots of tricks up his sleeve to do just that. Most fans would have heard that he has a fantastic driven shot from range, but he's also a dead ball specialist capable of delivering a corner into the box dangerously or curling in a free kick to test the opponent's keeper. He has been criticised at United for trying too many Hollywood passes, but he was playing in a deeper role there and as an attacking midfielder, something he said he spoke to Silva about being utilised as prior to signing. These audacious passes will be more encouraged. 
he finally goes on to say that uh, he is not Ruben Loftus-Cheek. He has seen some comparisons to RLC, but he thinks the fact that this uh, that was a loan and this is a permanent transfer, uh, plus the fact that Ruben Loftus-Cheek was underutilized by Scott Parker, thinks he means this won't be a similar signing to last time. He finally says, I truly believe Pereira will be a success at Fulham and produce plenty of displays to turn the English media's perception of him around. Now he's here. Why don't we get behind our new face and show him the support and love that we have for this brilliant institution? Um, And that is from Camille. Brilliant, brilliant email, Camille. Thank you very, very much. Eager to get your thoughts on what Camille said. Yeah, I think it's very fair. I think um, I think the co- you, you can't ignore the context of what Man United have been like for the past decade since he's sort of broken into the team, you know, inverted commas, and the managers that have, have changed. Um, the likes of Mourinho is not known for bringing through young players. And also the players he's had in front of him, when he's been involved, he's often been in different positions, just trying to get onto the field. And I, I, I take comfort from the fact that he's always still been there. They've always kept him around. That despite the fact that he's not actually been able to, you know, make himself a first-team choice, which isn't easy at a club like Manchester United with the expectations and and the sort of uncertainty that surrounded them for for quite a while, you know, the fact that he's still there in contention on the books um, is encouraging. And obviously, he's twenty six now, and it is a bit like if he's going to kick on, if he's going to start making a name and start to to win things. I suppose is now's the time to do it. So. Um, you know, I, I I don't see him as a Loftus Cheek at this point. No, um, I think the, the obvious answer to that is that he's not alone. So um, he has to, he has to give everything. Um, and also the chip on the shoulder. I definitely throw Harry Wilson in there. He definitely plays like he's got a chip on the shoulder. Yeah, mm. yeah, I'd agree with that as well. I think. Yeah, that's I was, really the only thing I did think about that is I felt like we've had a few shit houses that wanted to get in the heads um, in, in in the last few years. I mean, obviously Johansson is the uh, obvious. Um, example there, but I think I think you need a mixture of. I think Harrison Reed's that, got. I think Harrison Reed has a bit of that in his locker as well. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's vocal. Um, I think you need a mixture of players that are sensible and grounded, and a player, a few players that that want to get in uh, referees or opposition's players' heads. I definitely agree that Mitrovic is the one that does uh, the large majority of uh, Fulham's complaining. He must be such a knob to play against Mitrovic at times. You do have to wonder, don't you? Um, <laughs> Let's move on then to some rumoured signings. Obviously, great to get Andreas Pereira um, through the door. And one that's developed massively over the weekend, Jack, Kevin Imbabu. Uh, Fulham and Wolfsburg agreed a €6 million Euro fee for the Swiss right-back. Uh, Ronan Murphy and Kicker uh, both were first to this uh, to report it over the weekend. And particularly with the context of the fact that Nico Williams has gone to Nottingham Forest for reported £17 million, um, this seems like a hell of a deal for me. And also what I particularly enjoyed is uh, Fulhamish uh, tweeted uh, the rumour. We don't have a first to rumours. We just kind of repost the ones that we think have some credibility. Um, an out of context football manager uh, commented back pretty quickly, which got the entire FM community uh, tweeting about the fact that Kevin Mbabu is apparently a bit of a cheat code uh, when it comes to football manager. I also know he's a bit of a cheat code on FIFA. So I imagine uh, some of our younger listeners who play either of those games will be particularly excited to see Mbabu at the cottage if it comes off. Yeah, I, I think there's there's real positives to this. Um, one, the fee seems very reasonable. Um, and and I think that he is he is a good player. 
last year was a bit of a mess um, from Babu. He didn't play very much. He was injured. And then after injury, he refused a COVID vaccine, got COVID, um, and basically Wolfsburg kind of dropped him out of the squad. Um, and, and so there's an element of that that is a bit a bit weird i would suggest um yep. especially once once it's all been put in together and, and the fact he wasn't allowed to play um look you know freedom of choice etc cetera, etc cetera. but um it did make me feel a little bit uncomfortable not necessarily in terms of you know the vaccine whole thing it's just kind of the idea of um how how it kind of worked and and, and what he was willing you know what he was willing to drop um mm. it, you know in order and not be able to play so so there were some uncomfortables there but I, I do think that he is a good player um and i think that he's you know, he, he's got a good stride forward. He, he's got a, a you know a really good ball carrying ability. Um, he's a brilliant dribbler of the ball. He's really quick, um, and his crossing is deceptively good, um, which which is an interesting one. He's actually had a, a kind of funny he's, he, kind of place in, in in the way that crossing works. And when you look at the stats, because um, of, of just quite how poorly Wolfs, Wolfsburg have played um, for you know they've been so so up and down over the past couple of years. So he's had this kind of weird kind of changing cast in front of him, um, which has kind of flicked out and, and used to have Oliver Glasner as his coach. And they started with Van Bommel this season. It all went a bit you know, to pot um, and they had a really bad year. Um, but actually, he, his forwards he's been working with, I like Lucas Nemecha, but it haven't been brilliant so so I, I'm going to give him a little bit of slack in terms of his crossings better than I think the statistics give him credit for um but there does a you know I, I do think that this is someone who fits that Marco mold of a fullback um I think he's better defensively than Nico Williams which I think was a massive plus point um you know the the fees that we were talking about for Nico much as I liked him and much as I thought he was excellent going forward um there were defensive questions that I think this Fulham system would have left exposed. And for that amount of money, um, I think it would have left us in a, in a tricky place. For Forrest, I, I don't mind it because they're probably going to play him as a wing back. And I think that actually probably gets more out of his skill set going forward. Um, so therefore, I can completely see why they've paid the fee. But I think we were probably right to drop out. We need our fullbacks to be a slightly more defensively cohesive this season than what we would have got off Nico Williams. I think Mbappé kind of fits the bill for, from where I'm standing and at a relatively good price. Uh, next rumour, Peter, that I wanted to come on to, Issa Diop from West Ham. Uh, this seems to have progressed a lot as well. Now, I know that Issa Diop had a bit of a rotten season for West Ham last year. I thought that he... When I remember him signing for West Ham in that first season he was there, I remember West Ham fans absolutely raving about him, but um looked like his confidence was shot with West Ham. He was absolutely nowhere near the first team. I remember that he was so unwanted by David Moyes that even when the Kurt Zuma cat thing happened, he still didn't put Issa Diop in, despite the amount of heat that Kurt Zuma and the club got from that particular story, which I think says a lot about the lack of faith that Moyes has in Issa Diop. However, there is a very talented centre-back in there. If Marco can can get him confident, it's a signing that I quite like. My first thought was, ooh, seems like a lot of money for someone that's absolutely, has, has failed at West Ham, let's be honest. But maybe there's something in there. Well, that you mentioned that, that first season. Um, I'm sure he was linked with quite a heavy, big money mover in the summer after his first United, the wasn't Ham. it? It was United. Yeah. And I'm sure it was over 40 million or, or a figure like that. So 
I don't I don't think there's a there's a question mark necessarily about his ability. It's about showing his ability. You know, again, and that'll be the the, the challenge for for Marco Silva if, if Fulham can get this one over the line. So my my latest understanding, the last thing I think I wrote about with this one was that Fulham had made a second offer um, of around 12, 12 million, I think. Um, I think judging from some of the other reports that have emerged around this, it seems like West Ham may want a lot more. That's not from my own knowledge. That's just inferring from from what I'm what I'm seeing and then also hearing myself. Um, it's, I think right now it's it's a difficult one because I think all other clubs looking at Fulham will look at them and go, they really need a centre back, um, and they probably need one quite quickly, um, and that will make any sort of negotiation that bit harder. Um, but I think if you're looking for a player of quality, you know, we talked about Romagnoli. You know, he's he's going to Lazio now, isn't he? So that's that's sort of been done. It's about getting someone who has some Premier League experience, can adapt quickly, and and maybe we're seeing that pattern with the way Fulham are approaching recruitment. You know, there's a, there isn't there's an experience tinge to to who Fulham are going for. You know, we've seen with Forest that they've gone for players who could probably are young with more potential, but then if they went down, could be like a a platform to get them straight back up. Whereas with with Fulham, it's, it's slightly more of an experienced angle. You know, you, the likes of Burnt Leno um, being linked. Um, Issa Diop, as we're talking about. Andres Pereira has played in the Premier League. Um, João Palini has played in the, in the top flight in, in Portugal. You know, there, there, there is that sort of element to, to what Fulham are doing. And, and someone like Diop fits that, that bill. And sure, he's, he's, he's not been involved at West Ham so much. And that, that does leave a, a question mark as, as to why. And I'd be curious to know a bit more about why. Should it, should it progress further? But, you know, Craig Dawson's done very well there since he's gone in. Zuma is obviously a good player and they really invested a lot of money in as well and a bonner too so um yeah an interesting one an interesting one that I think I think could be a good good signing and I think above all though Fulham do need to get a center half in and, and probably one pronto to be honest um Jack uh quick thoughts on on Diop yeah uh, statistically not great for the last couple of years um it, it's a little bit it's a little bit of a worrying one, but I agree with you in in the sense that there is definitely a player in there somewhere. Um, whether that is going to be the you know the answer to Fulham's defensive issues, I don't know. Um, I, I think this would be one that this is an it's an interesting concept. It does obviously bring Premier League experience. Um, we talk about this, and it is important. Um, it doesn't need to be you know a, a real veteran to bring experience, but someone who has played in the division and you know is comfortable in London already means that there's less of a, a landing zone, should we say? And there's less of a you'd have to take quite as much time to settle, hopefully, um, which makes sense. Um, so, so I can completely see why Fulham are. Uh, pursuing it um I, I don't know how high i'd go on the fee before i was like i'm not sure this is the one and i agree with peter on that you know f- clubs know that fulham are in the market for center backs which does mean that we are malleable um in in certain ways um clubs will be looking to to make the most out of that situation that's developed so it's going to be uh one, one to keep an eye on um I, at that kind of the kind of prices it is now I don't mind if it gets too much higher. I think it might be better options out there, but um, one to one to monitor, I would say. It does beg the question of why centre back wasn't literally started from the very very first moment that we knew that we were were going up because, as you say, it's pretty... it might well have been. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying. I know. I realise. I realise it's such a kind of 
basic thing to say, like as if they'd been sat on a beach for three months, not looking at centre backs and realizing that, uh, oh, well, yeah, we need a centre back. Damn it. Why didn't no one mention it? Um, but still, it, it is a bit of a situation now, three, nearly uh, three weeks from the start of the season. And uh, it is just Tim Ream and Tosin Adrobio. So, uh, yeah, it need someone and need some more rumors i think to pick up that on that front uh as well um peter uh the latest on mana solomon i'm i'm hearing this k- kind of um rumor now that it will happen but it will happen on the 1st of august and we cannot officially sign him until then but i'm kind of hearing little bits and bobs do we have any more think do we have anything more concrete uh on what, what's the latest with with mana yeah, nothing since I last reported on him, which was over the weekend. This, this is definitely the most complicated transfer I've reported on. Probably might become the most ever. I can't imagine there'll be one like this in these kind of circumstances. But um, as we know, parties are in agreement. The reason it's been held up again, now, as far as I understand it, Mano Solomon's completed a medical. So in terms of all the the basic requirements for the transfer it's there the only thing missing is uh the fact that it's been processed internationally and due to a recent fifa ruling it means his transfer can't be processed to august the first as you as you mentioned sammy this is kind of seen as one final administrative hurdle uh, and it's all to do with uh, solomon being a ukraine-based foreign player um we talked a little bit about this context before the fact that the rules have changed um, four players based in Ukraine as a result of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, uh, which based with FIFA basically allowing these players to suspend their contracts to be registered elsewhere. This was then extended in late June for another year. However, on July the 2nd, FIFA made an amendment to their previous ruling, which stated that transfers involving players based in Ukraine who have suspended their contract will not be allowed to be processed through FIFA's transfer matching system until August the 1st. Basically, they won't be ratified, these transfers. They won't be able to get an international transfer certificate. And the reason for that was just to assist the Ukrainian FA, who would be faced with quite a number of potential transfers all at once. So, yeah, it leaves it in a kind of a, I suppose, a limbo situation. Um, I don't know, and I, I can't say with certainty what the situation is. My, you know, because if Solomon is in this period, you know, if he's not attached technically to, to Shakhtar, um, then like any other trialist, you would think he'd be able to train and playing pre-season games. Um, the problem with that is if he's not under contract, there's an insurance risk. You know, you want him to be insured because if he got injured, you know, you'd be <laughs> you'd be very concerned if the transfer hasn't gone through. So um, the last time I checked in on this, Fulham were trying to explore a way around it. It seems like at the moment, you know, the, the, the regulations are all there. You know, these are, these are FIFA rulings. The transfer couldn't be ratified to August the 1st in its current format. So... Uh, I mean, that would be a, a problem if he can't be involved in preseason. I, I doubt that will be the case. I, I expect he'll be involved, but clearly it's not been enough for it to be officially ratified just yet. And we haven't seen him yet in, in, in Fulham colours. So um, I'm in terms of how I feel about it, I'm not cons- in terms of ha- whether the chance will go through or not. I'm not concerned about that. I expect it to still go through. I think the concern is the fact that, you know, it's getting close to the start of the season when, when it's all officially signed off. But then, and then also the nature of the deal itself, which we, we talked about last week, uh, going through these different elements when it probably didn't need to do this. Uh, so, Yeah, seems like we've um, robbed Paul's pay Peter a little bit and, and it's just made our lives uh, slightly more difficult for ourselves. And I mean, if he can't play pre-season friendlies, you'd imagine he'll be fit because you have to keep himself 
fit and Fulham will give him a schedule and all of that. But if he can't train with the club and then he can't get match practice, that kind of means he won't be able to hit the ground running. You'd almost have thought for maybe three or four weeks, well into August really, before he actually could be able to play and uh, make an impact. And as we talked about on last week's pod, there are big winnable-ish games in that opening six matches. Yes, Liverpool is a bit of a pass, but Wolves away, Brentford at home, Brighton at home. These are all matches that Fulham need to be picking up points in and to not have probably our star attacking signing this summer um, playing those will be a hell of a blow if that's the case. So fingers crossed they can find a way around it. And the final one I wanted to come on to, Jack, in the transfer mm. section, Burn Leno. This is a rumour that's been going around for a while. We didn't discuss it last week. It seems to have picked back up again. Um, I'm seeing reports that he hasn't travelled with Arsenal and for seeing other reports that he has. <laughs> seeing report, oh, other well, reports that he and and Arsenal have said he has, um, but everyone is saying that that's not necessarily true. So who knows um, whether he's gone off to the US or not? Um, the report did say that you know Arsenal and Fulham remain in negotiation. So I don't think that's any sort of you know uh, kind of a harbinger of a deal falling through. Um, but it does feel like it's maybe not as close, if that is the case, than than we thought in the first place. So um, a, a, a tricky one in some ways, but um, but I think it's just one to kind of wait with. Um, and I'm sure they're doing everything they can to push it over the line as fast as they possibly can. Okay, we're going to take a break there. Afterwards, we're going to discuss Ollie O'Neill's new contract and ticket prices. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Part two of the Fulhamish podcast, Sammy James here with Peter Rutzler and Jack Collins. Uh, Just to say, if you're not aware, Fulhamish has a free WhatsApp service, uh, which you're very welcome to join. Uh, We've been doing it for several years now um, and it works pretty well, um, particularly uh, on match days. Uh, You get lineups to your phone. We do little match reports that you get. Um, We send kind of a a preview and a review uh, message uh, before and after matches as well. And we send through any breaking news so uh, any transfer announcements they come through on there if you'd like to sign up completely completely free um, just go to fullermish.co.uk forward slash whatsapp uh, and follow the links in there and uh, yeah but make sure you save us as a contact as well if you don't save us as a contact the messages don't come through we get messages all the time like oh I've signed up I don't get any messages you have to save us a contact if you save us a contact it all works so um, please sign up um, and yeah get some of our messages uh, you can message us, but we get a lot. So we don't always message back, but it's more of a broadcast thing. But yeah, uh, if you've uh, fancy getting some Fulham news to your WhatsApp, then uh, make sure you do that. Right. Some news that came out yesterday from the club. Jack, you'll be extremely pleased to hear this, that Ollie O'Neill has signed a three-year contract at Fulham. And given the fact that some of our young starlets have 
fell away in in recent years the most recent of which of course Fabio Carvalho um, because we didn't give them a long enough contract before they actually uh, broke through in the first team uh, I imagine you and many others will be delighted to hear that Ollie O'Neill has committed at least a bit of future to the club three years is a pretty good deal at this three stage years with for, an option isn't it I think it's three years with an yes, option yes to you're right you are right the year. that's right. a nice bit of length on that contract um, which is good Oli 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 Oi 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 um, uh, yeah I'm, I'm really pleased I'm really pleased I have a I'm a big fan of Oli O'Neill not just because um, he shares my allegiances but I just think he's a, a really quite talented footballer and I think that's backed up by the fact that, um, that, that he was he was a man in demand um, a player who lots of clubs were having a look at um, to see if he could fit into their you know youth setups and We've seen us lose players before in these areas. You know, we saw Mickey Biarritz go off to Arsenal um, last year and, and play for play for their under twenty ones and and do really really well um, by all accounts um, in the youth leagues for Arsenal. Um, we've seen us lose players of, of real talent. Obviously, you know the ones the ones we're all talking about. But you know, I think all the way down the age groups, and you know, you could knock it back a couple of years, and we were doing making elevens of you know, players that Fulham shouldn't have let go that included the likes of Berriette, right? And, and, you know, when you have these kind of players that you're, not your disposal, that's the wrong word, but in, in your systems, you should be doing everything you can to work them through the pipeline um, and, and make that stick. And so to get a player of Ollie O'Neill's calibre who was in the demand that he was um, to sign a new deal at the club, to, to get him to buy into the concept that this is the right place for him, um, I think is a really, really good thing. And and I think that it's it, it's work well done um, and a much needed boost, I think, and, and watch others perhaps do the same thing now, now that there's a precedent for it. So at some point, Fulham had to re- reverse that slide, you know, um, reverse that kind of typecast that players could stay and then walk away for whatever they wanted and wherever they wanted at the end of it after they'd broken through. And I think this goes some way to arresting that slide, which I think is a brilliant thing. Um, I got asked by Gab Sutton on Twitter, do I think he'll go on loan? Um, and I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure what the answer is or the, or the plan is there. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's around the fringes of the of of the senior squad this season if he is to remain at Fulham. Yeah, Peter, you'll have seen a lot of him. You've been, went to watch a lot of academy matches um, last year. Um, he's he's 19 years old. He made his debut for the Republic of Ireland uh, under 21s. Uh, I think scored uh, a last minute winner um, against to- Sweden. Yeah, to keep the Euro qualifiers going as well. Um, he, he seems like one of the hottest talents um, in, in the academy. Yeah, I like him a lot. I think uh, last year, obviously with Sonny Hilton doing so well and some others in that 21s group, he probably didn't get the same spotlight perhaps that he probably would want. Um, and I think with, with Sonny going on loan, there's an opportunity there to sort of make his mark a little bit more and to, to, to get some better numbers that probably reflect his ability uh, in terms of his out, you know, goals, assists, that kind of thing. But in terms of what he is as a player, he's, he's clearly a talent there. And it's, it is really good news that Fulham have managed to, to keep him because there was, there were others looking at him, um, Premier League clubs looking at him. And um, yeah, when I mean, three years, as Jack said, is a, is a good contract. I think you'd like, like with many in, in the Fulham new system, you'll want to get that, those senior minutes. I wonder if he'll stick around for the first half of the season, maybe. Uh, first half to a year and, and and see how it goes and see if you can get those numbers up and because that's the challenge really it's why you see there's always that sort of stuff. oh he's Sonny's gone from being really good for 23s to going to to lead to Carlisle and I think it, it is difficult there are a lot of lot of young players in 
similar positions trying to get those those senior loans. But um, I think no, he's a, he's a talented talented player. We've seen that already, and uh, good to see how he progresses now and at Fulham. Thought it was interesting yeah, that he indeed. was given the armband uh, for the twenty ones in that first game uh, against Braga uh, yesterday. Um, obviously, a day after signing the contract, they handed in the captain's armband for the twenty ones, which I thought was a nice touch. So, yeah, just be interesting to see if that one develops through the season. With as you say, a lot of these players going on loan now. Um, if if that's a, a something that is looked at more regularly, it's always one to it's always one to keep an eye on. I think. I guess there's an element as well because in the first half of the season you'll get some Carabao Cup matches where you actually, these players could get senior football, particularly if Fulham get some nice draws. And, and even if they don't, there's there's opportunities for, for youngsters to get played. Whereas in that second half of the season, there's far fewer opportunities for um, players such as Oli O'Neill. I mean, you're not even probably not unlikely to get played in the FA Cup, really, because that's a competition that clubs generally take a bit more seriously. But we saw last year, particularly that match against Birmingham, a little bit in the match against Leeds where uh, some of the youngsters got that opportunity to play senior minutes. And I imagine Fulham might be thinking to see if they get a couple of minutes in the early rounds of the Carabao. And then once January comes, if there's opportunities to loan them out, then uh, then have a look then. But yeah, great news on Ollie O'Neill and fingers crossed uh, he does become a future starlet that he sounds like. Um, ticket prices. Uh, I imagine unless you've been living under a rock for the past uh, few days, you'll have seen all of the talk uh, about this. It's been pretty widespread, uh, but if you hadn't, I'll quickly fill you in. So Fulham announced their individual match ticket prices for the game uh, against Liverpool at Craven Cottage, the opening match of the season. Now this is for individual tickets, uh, not for season tickets. And we believe there's not a huge amount of these tickets available. The club sold 15,000 uh, season tickets of a capacity of approximately 20 to 21,000 next season. Then you consider that there's at least two to 3,000 away fans. There's probably only about 3,000 individual match tickets uh, available. Um, the ticket prices, though, are pretty eye-watering. So if you want uh, a Hammersmith End ticket uh, in any block, it will cost you £65 for an adult, £60 if you're over 65 or 18 to 21. It will cost you £35 if you're 17 and under. In the Putney end, uh, it's £70 for adults, £65 for concessions, and then £50 for 17 and under. Um, the prices just get more and more astonishing. Uh, in the central blocks of the Johnny Haynes, it's £90 for adults, £70 for a junior. Um, in the slightly more out side blocks of Johnny Haynes it does go down to 70 but still 50 quid for juniors uh, the prices there are is a family section in the blocks A and K of the Johnny Haynes where it is significantly cheaper there's not a huge amount of these tickets available um, from my memory but there's 30 pounds for adults in in those couple of blocks and then the Riverside um needs a small mortgage um, to afford these ones. £100 for an adult, £100 for concessions, and then £70 for 17 and under. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll know that this is a subject that I'm particularly passionate about. Um, we launched the Stop the Greed protest a few years ago, and whatever you think about that, it happened, and I don't regret doing it or being part of it. And we've had history here before. Um, it was bad four years ago and it is bad again, Jack. And um, 
one thing to say before we discuss this, the Fulham Supporters Trust are going to be speaking to the club on Thursday about this topic to kind of get direct uh, reasoning from this. They launched a statement saying that they're very disappointed um, by the prices and that they will be asking the club for an explanation that they weren't consulted on this. We're doing a special podcast that should be out on Monday uh, with Tom Greatrex, chair of the Fulham Supporters Trust, Archie Rintut. You might have seen a lot of his tweets on this subject. Uh, he's a football journalist, but a big Fulham fan and very passionate about uh, football ticket pricing, particularly from his experience in Germany, where it's a lot more reasonable. So there's much more to come on this subject. And We'll hear that what happens in that FST meeting, what the club's explanation is. But for now, Jack, um, I, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on it. I mean, is there an awful lot to say, really? Because it is just unbelievable what the prices are for this game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's incredibly disheartening. Um, I, I think they are, you know, way, way too high um, from, from where I'm standing. But as you say, there are people far more versed in these topics and with far more, you know, numbers and, and, and comparable examples to hand, um, to, you know, to, to to talk about it later on. So I, I'm not going to go into into too much depth. I think we're seeing it in a, in a lot of places. Um, West Ham, released their tickets for their first game of the season at home as well recently. And, and they're comparable, if not slightly higher, um, which is also absolutely nuts considering I think they're playing Southampton. Um, but yeah, it, it's, you know, it's not, that's a, that's not a case of what about you. It doesn't make anything. It doesn't make any bit of difference here. We should always be, you know, pushing for the, for, for the fairest prices and to, you know, to keep Fulham at a level where we can continue to attract new fans in the area and the local area, because ultimately, a club is a pillar of the community, not just um, a, a business enterprise. So, yeah, uh, it's obviously disheartening, but I feel like you're going to get far more uh, nuanced viewpoints than mine um, than uh, over the course of the next couple of weeks. Um, Peter, what was your um, reaction to this? Obviously, um, you weren't covering Fulham at the time that we were last in the Premier League when it was an issue then. I think what I found interesting about these price rises is this is the first time that we actually were able to truly gauge what the impact of the fans being pretty unimpressed throughout the 18-19 season because then we went down the season after. The season after, yes, we were back up, but we we're in the Premier League. It was kind of a couple of games behind closed doors, but you couldn't really read it too much into those, although they were high. I think it was like £40 a ticket. Back down for the championship and then back up for the Premier League. And and we've seen these come in. We still don't know what the prices are going to be for the likes of uh, the Brentford games, the Brighton games, you'd imagine cheaper. How much cheaper, though, is, is, is really key, I think, here. But yeah, what was your reaction to all this and how much the Fulham fans... I feel like there was a huge amount of people that were deeply passionate and, and, and uh, displeased um, when they saw these prices. Yeah, there was. I mean, I judge from the reaction I have myself from people speaking to me about it. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, you know, when I first saw them myself, I thought, well, these are eye-watering, as you said earlier. I mean, these are they're very, very expensive for, for, for Fulham. Um, and you're right that, you know, we need to see what, other prices will be for the other games. But at the same time, it doesn't take away from the fact that these are really, really expensive tickets. You know, we had the, the thing with the Riverside season tickets as well. And another club say they're a one-off and they have sold out. And I'm sure these tickets will sell out as well. Um, but I think the, the nub of the issue, and I'm sure you guys will explore this more at the weekend with, with Tom and Archie, is the fact that there are a lot of supporters, particularly at the moment, particularly with a pretty acute cost of living crisis, can't afford a season ticket. You know, and, and the season tickets 
the general reaction I've had speaking to supporters, um, speaking to the trust, you know, it, they're pretty well received. They're pretty pleased um, generally about, about the pricing. And um, I think, I think you know, obviously the Riverside Stand season ticket was the fourth highest in the league. I think we did a piece a couple of weeks ago, my colleague Matt Woosnam. I'm not sure if other clubs' ticket prices have changed since then. But at the same time, the cheapest was... Fulham's was the Fulham had the fourth cheapest season ticket as well, and I think the average generally was was pretty good. But this 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 just completely contrasts with that. And I think the problem is, e- even though that the season tickets you would classify as reasonable um, for the Premier League, there are a lot of people who still can afford those, and a lot of them will be Fulham supporters. And it wouldn't just be a case of always just cost. It could be travel. It could be that if you're in a different place, your work commitments and things like that. Um, uh, and when when you suddenly are faced with a price as high as that for a game like Liverpool, you're not going to go and see that game because if you couldn't afford the season ticket, you certainly can't afford a price like that. Um, and, and as the trust said, as Tom Greatrick said to me, uh, for the piece we did on uh, once they were announced, you know they, they become almost tur- tourist tickets. Uh, and then then you're you're asking about the longevity of your your supporter base. You know, you know if you're if Fulham drop back down a division, which has happened and it could happen again this year um will those fans still turn up you know even with slightly cheaper ticket prices with more seats to fill once the riverside stand fully opens so um yeah no my, my initial reaction was was shock surprise as jack says that more clubs will be revealing their tickets and I, i'm sure fulham won't be alone in this but it's not it doesn't sit right um and uh, it'll be very interesting very interesting to see what the outcome is of the supporters trust meeting on thursday um because judging from the reaction, there are a lot of supporters who, even overseas supporters, who'd want to come over for an individual game. You know, it suddenly places a price burden that they probably weren't expecting. So, um, you know, the tickets will sell, but that's not really the the point of this. And and yes, they are there aren't many tickets. And yes, the majority is the, the club are keen to say that they'll go to uh, they will go to those who are either full of members or um, or have previous purchase history. You know the realistically you're cutting out quite a few people so um yeah intrigued to see how what the reaction is and what comes out of the the trust meeting this week right we're going to take a break there um we normally would do emails after the break i've got loads in the inbox but a lot of them are around ticket prices personal stories i think they're best to save those for sunday's podcast with tom and archie so if you've sent in an email about that then please hold fire if you've got any kind of personal stories on how you feeling you're feeling priced out of the club um do send them in hello at fullamish.co.uk you can stay anonymous as well if you'd prefer um but yeah keen to kind of get some personal stories on that podcast on on sunday so please do send in an email uh if you feel compelled to after the break uh time for the quick this will catch on Part three of the Fulhamish podcast is Sammy here with Peter and Jack. Um, just one email that I wanted to, to read out to you. Uh, Jack, you'll like this from our friend Powell, who uh, sent in the long letter uh, last week. Uh, he sent another email to say, last night I was listening to the pod while I was trying to get one of my kids to get to sleep. And then I heard uh, the surprise when you mentioned my email. Thank you for your kind words. You have a huge fan of the pod here. Just for your information, my madness is growing and I'm now trying to spread the fuller message into the Catalan speaking community. So I created a Twitter profile to comment Fulham news in Catalan. Um, I hope you will understand my passion. So if you go to Fulham underscore Catalan, 
C-A-T-A-L-A. If you are Catalan speaking, get on it. Um, I also thought at this time, there's a lot of, uh, and they've cropped up loads in the last few years, kind of Fulham fan accounts in different languages. I've seen, I see an Argentinian one um, quite a lot. I've seen a Fulham in Japan one. I know there's tons out there. Um, I'm happy to try and spread the word on like, if you're running a really good account and it's in a certain language, send an email, hello at fulhamish.co.uk and I'll try and shout one or two out every week. I just think they're really cool. And I think it's great when I see I just love seeing Fulham accounts in random languages. I want to see what's the most random language we've got um, doing a, a Fulham account. I don't know. Shouts out got the Fulham one? Supporters Club in Ireland. <laughs> Running a really I mean, big... <laughs> one of the least random ones, I would argue. But yes. Yeah, but if but Ireland... also an official, official Supporters Club of the club now. So shouts out, oh, very everyone. Well done. Shouts out everyone in the gang. But yeah, send them in. If you run a supporters club or a Twitter account or anything like that, um, send it to, I might regret this. Hello at fullamish.co.uk. I'll try and uh, give a shout out to a few of you and try and connect with uh, other people in your country as well. Because there might just be a few people listening to this that didn't realise there was someone else in their country. Anyway, uh, let's do This Will Catch On. I've got a few fun ones for you guys today. Uh, so the first one is for a player that does not play for us yet, but you'd imagine it is only a matter of time. Uh, it is for Mana Solomon and it's from Mitchell Bex. He says, hi guys, love the pod. I know he hasn't officially signed yet, but I've seen this chant for the past few weeks or so. He says, sorry for the crappy voice. I currently have COVID. Not that that's changed too much. And this is cheers from Mitch. So I'll get your thoughts on this. Oh, Mano Solomon's magic. He wears a magic hat. He could have stayed in Tel Aviv, but he didn't fancy that. He plays it down the left. He plays it down the right. And when we score another goal, we'll sing this song all night. Very good, very good. A reworking of a classic. Um, I like the line about Tel Aviv. To be fair, that's 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 not usually in the middle of it, is it? There's not. No. I saw a version of this. It was like uh, that was on Twitter. I can't remember who it was. I, I'm really sorry. Um, that was uh, he, he could have gone could have gone to Wolverhampton, but he said no. That's shite. Um, <laughs> but I thought that was a fun one. Um, yeah. I do. There's something about the magic hat songs, though. They are a little bit old hat. Excuse the uh, excuse the bad pun, but um, I like I don't it. Know. Feel like feel like it's been done. But I feel like they're likely chart. to catch on. This is the thing. So like that is a thing. Yeah, yeah. You're playing um, the classics. You're playing the hits. We don't have a so. Michael Hector song anymore because Michael Hector has left, which means that the magic hat song is actually fully up for grabs. Um, but we'll obviously have to see. If Fulham fans are anything to go by, we'll sing that Michael Hector song for years, whether Michael Hector's there or not. We're still singing Stefan Johansson songs, um, and he's been gone, gone a couple of seasons. He's literally captaining one of our three biggest rivals. <laughs> um, <laughs> doesn't matter. Good song. Doesn't matter. Right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right, the next one is from Muzzy, uh, and this is for Tosin Adarabayo, uh, a popular player on This Will Catch On. Uh, another familiar tune, uh, but a nice reworking. Oh, baby, do you know what he's worth? Adarabayo is the best on earth. He came from City to play for our team. 
and win the championship beside Sim Ream. Yes, good. Good rework. Good Solid. rework. Like that. Like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, like that a lot. Yeah, uh, Muzzy's in our Fulhamish community and he posted on that and it got a lot of love. So I thought it definitely was uh, worth an airing on the pod. Right, the final two um, come both from uh, Fulhamish regulars. Um, they should know better, um, but they've uh, each submitted uh, a song. So I'll say on the first one, um, which Jack, you'll have heard, um, this is... Um, Dan Cook and George Cooper um, absolutely smashed on a night out going to, I think they were off to GAY uh, in Tottenham Court Road and they sung this on the tube. Um, and I must admit, I was singing this in Sheffield. It is pretty catchy, so I'm glad to be able to give it a spin. Oh, we believe in Adrabio. <laughs> I can feel something inside myself. I really do think we're strong enough, no. Oh, we believe in Adrabio. Yo, yo. yo. I can feel something inside myself. I really do think we're strong enough, There's not enough share uh, in football chants in the world. Yeah, no, good. Very good. Like that a lot. There is a reworking to that, which I think is even better, but this is an old version that uh, they sent me. So it's, um, believe in Adebayo, I believe in myself. I really do think we're staying up. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which I think nice, it's yeah. even that better. Is a better. That is a better uh, line. That's good. Yeah. Uh, like iteration. it. Good I stuff. actually really want that to catch on, please. Do you believe in life after love? It's got to catch on. Right, the final one. Again, another Fulhamish regular. Uh, Jack Kelly has come up with a new song for our new signing, Zhao Polina. Oh, um, I know, I don't know what this song is, but it's originally a West Ham song um, for Ludek uh, Mislosko. And... It is a good chant, so I'll play it. But I, I, I don't know where the original theme comes from. I'm sure someone will uh, gladly tell me after they hear it. But yeah, I'm interested to get your thoughts. Shao Polina, Portuguese machine, and he plays in midfield for the whites, the whites. Everyone that I meet, everyone in the streets, they say, Oi, big boy, what's your name? My name is Shao Polina, Portuguese machine, and he plays in midfield for the etc, etc, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it's a fun one, isn't it? Um, it's it's quite long, but I do quite like it. Um, I, and I, I I agree with you. It's bugging me now what what this actually comes from. But uh, ultimately, yeah, it's it's good. It's good. I like it from Jack. So it's, it's a nice effort. Nice effort. I'm just sad he didn't play the piano while he was doing it. <laughs> yeah he could have actually couldn't he he could have uh, he it was quite a half-hearted effort just like etc etc et no, i quite like and, it yeah. he was just like uh, you get your you get the point yeah it was very jack kelly to be fair um so yeah if someone can let us know the tune that would be great um what was your favorite out of the four uh jack oh i think probably i think probably share we'll have to probably give it give it that won't we uh peter your favorite out of the four today yeah share sure, hands down isn't it yeah, share is a banger. If that if that doesn't catch on, I think it's a criminal offence. It's the perfect one for Toast and Adarabio. But as we say, it's not up to us. It's up to the masses. And uh, 
Only they can dictate uh, whether uh, it'll catch on or not. Uh, finally, we just need to name today's podcast. Uh, as ever, we're getting the Fulhamish community to name the ones that aren't directly after matches. Uh, we've had some uh, very good names today. Um, we had Avas Malik saying can't afford tickets. Uh, Patrick Lane, shahidiously overpriced. Um, Jason Jordan saying Portuguesers and price gougers. Uh, Simon Patey, Pereira League bankroll. Uh, but I think for a second week in a row, uh, Dara Curran in our group has come up with an absolute doozy, Zinger. which is super rare high prices. Gosh. <laughs> That's, that's that's an easy one to write down. I'm glad I'm not making the artwork. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, good. Do you disagree? Do you disagree? No, I think it's I think it's excellent. Well done. Very good. Obviously, it's using the fact that Fulham. I mean, I think it's a slight dig at Fulham's pun uh, for the Pereira transfer. Which I was trying was to work out what what Leno's one would be the other day. Like Leno goals against us next year. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is going to get to that level of punnery. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Lenovation in goal. Oh, it's that, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I'm 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 tearing my hair out. Um, but we'll get there. Right. Well thank you very much for listening this week and thank you very much to my guest, Peter Rutzler. Thank you. No, thank you, Sammy. Appreciate it. And Jack Collins, thank you. No, thank you, Sammy. It's always a pleasure. It's nice to be chatting away. Um Myself, Tom and Archie will be on the pod on Sunday discussing ticket prices. Next week, we will discuss uh, the uh, matches uh, against Nice and Benfica and any more Fulham transfers that roll around. But until then, have a lovely weekend. Paul Wrights. Mm-hmm.